Have you finished your personal statement yet? Now's the perfect time to get it professionally reviewed by a medical school HQ expert advisor. We have former directors of admissions, admissions officers, and the like on our small team of amazing people. They have the inside knowledge from reading thousands and thousands and thousands, tens, if not 100,000 personal statements going through the process and setting up the process for their whole committee. They know exactly what medical schools look for and the common red flags that can get your entire application thrown out. Take advantage of our flash sale right now, going through May 6th, up to 6,000 characters reviewed for just $150. That's a $75 discount on our regular price. Go to editmyps.com. Again, that's editmyps.com. If you're applying to medical school in 2022 to start medical school in 2023, join me Wednesday or Thursday, Wednesday night at 9.30 p.m. Eastern, or Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern at premedworkshop.com. Go register today. I'm gonna show you how to tell your story in your application. Again, that's premedworkshop.com. If you are applying to medical school in 2022, be there or be square. The Premed Year, session number 443. Hello, and welcome to The Pre-Med Years, where we believe that collaboration, not competition, is key to your success. I'm your host, Dr. Ryan Gray, and in this podcast, we share with you stories, encouragement, and information that you need to know to help guide you on your path to becoming a physician. Welcome to The Pre-Med Years. Thank you so much for taking some time to join me today. I have a fun episode for you today. I had a blast doing a Instagram live with my friend Hunter from Blueprint MCAT a few weeks ago, and I want to play that for you here. It was a great conversation. We laughed a ton. Hunter is a character, so I want you to to listen to this episode. We answer a ton of questions. We have a lot of great conversation. Hunter is also my guest on the MCAT podcast this week. If you don't listen to that one and you haven't taken the MCAT yet, why don't you listen to the MCAT podcast? You should. Go check it out at mcatpodcast.com or just search for the MCAT podcast in your podcast app of choice. In the episode that I'm joined by Hunter on the MCAT podcast, we talk about how to really figure out for you, should you self-study, should you take a course, always questions that we get from students. But this Q&A, it's open Q&A, not MCAT-specific Q&A. So I hope you enjoy and have a laugh as well. What's going on, Instagram Live? Dr. Gray in the house. Going to be joined by Blueprint MCAT. What's up, Jay-Z Wise? Hello, Just J. Kim. Hello. Our Jacob, he got finesse. Love it. What's up? What's up? What's up? So we're going to do some Q&A today, but I'm going to bring on a guest here in a second. I'm going to say hello to Blueprint MCAT in a second as soon as they join us. Hello, everyone. Stay mellow. Hello, Ted. Ahoy there, matey. Jolie Vent. Morning, everyone. There's my buddy, Hunter. I cannot hear you because I don't have my sound on. Now I should be able to hear you. (laughs) (laughs) What's up? How's it going? You missed my awesome intro. Damn. Do it again. Uh, speaking of finesse, here I am. Hey, how's it going? Uh, it was mediocre at best. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. I like it. I like it. Hunter from Blueprint MCAT. Um, big MCAT nerd scoring super high on the MCAT because <laughs> why not? Uh, that's how we do. That's how we do. So we're here to just do some Q&A today with you all. Uh, pre-med questions, MCAT questions life questions, relationship questions. We got it all for you today. Uh, Ted says, excellent intro, Hunter. Ted's on my team. Thank you, Ted. I appreciate you. <laughs> team Ted. <sighs> Hunter, Hunter, tell, 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 the, tell the people a little bit about yourself. 
Yeah, with pleasure. So, um, hey, what's up, everybody? It's Hunter. Like Ryan said, I am a huge MCAT nerd. Uh, I'm currently hanging out with Blueprint Test Prep. Uh, if you haven't heard of us, we're pretty rad. Um, went to school for bio, biochem, graduated. I uh, decided to take gap year after school um, in Arizona, by the way. Go Sun Devils. Woo. Um, started working for a place called the Arizona Science Center. We're a nonprofit. Um, and <laughs> that it was the most fun job I've ever had. I was basically building out a science guy, but for Arizona. So it was super rad. And um, yeah, that gap year turned into a gap two, three, four years. And then I was like, oh man, I've got to get back into the swing of things. Um, took a prep course. Did really well on my MCAT and then realized I actually didn't want to go to med school. I want to keep teaching because I had a ton of fun being built out of science guy. So um, now here I am. I'm hanging out and uh, I figured, you know, I spent all that time going to college. Like I want to teach more than just the mitochondria as the powerhouse <laughs> of the cell. So I decided to like teach MCAT prep. Um, and here we are. Hey, what up, a pre-med uh, angel AZ representation? Yay. Actually, I can't like shout out AZ too much anymore because like, I was over easy and now I live in California. So sorry. <laughs> traitor. You're a traitor. <clears throat> um, Hunter, you're using, using those earbuds for your sound. I they, am. They don't sound very good. Your phone probably will sound much better oh, just no. on speaker. It, it sounds yeah, here, like you're in, a, in an empty room, just a cacophony oh, no. of I echo. Am. <laughs> I am in an empty room though. Yeah, here, let me, uh, let me go ahead and turn these off. Try try without, and we'll, we'll see what that's like. Phoebe's in the house saying, got to talk Doge. Doge to the moon, although I sold all my Doge. Um, and I got into ETH for a specific project, and then the project kind of announced, and then I got a little disappointed. So I don't know what's going on. I'm back. No more fancy buds. How's it, how's it sound? Uh, it sounds just as crappy. Put the buds in, because then uh, <laughs> I hear myself now. All right. Let's go back in. I'll be right back gotta get you a podcast set up like like me gabriella says california is where it's at all right i'm gonna uh, start bringing up some questions here cam asks if i'm a pre-med already leaning toward a specialty should i include that in my application follow them uh with my activities personal statement or should i keep it broad so the answer to that is keep it broad. You are applying to medical school to be a doctor. You are not applying to medical school to be an orthopedic surgeon, neurosurgeon, neurologist, whatever it is. So keep your application broad. Every medical school is going to um, to be a little bit different with who they're looking at, what they want. And so keep it, keep it broad. Oh, Alvina asks, Hunter, what's usually a good MCAT score for MD schools? Um, yeah, so a good score. Well, yeah, let's talk about scores, Ryan. So, I mean, the average just statistically, right, is 500. Um, and then 500, 501 ish around there. Um, this past year for admissions and matriculants, I believe 506 was the average for people that were applying. And then matriculation, the average was 511. Um, so 511.4, I think, or point point six, four. One, one of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You really got, you have to write like a personalized email to the AMC to get that extra point four. Um, it's a very challenging process. Yeah. Um, o only people yeah, who so, challenge their, their test score get that extra. Yeah, yeah. It's real <laughs> difficult. Um, so those are like the stats, right? That's like the hard and fast numbers of people that are getting into med school. Um, that being said, Ryan and I, like Ryan, to be honest, but both of us disagree with like, those are the numbers you must have in order to get into med school. Um, that's just like the statistics of it all. So I would say personally, do a couple things. One, do research into the schools that you want to go to, right? Every school has different stats. Every school has different averages, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then also like the MCAT scores are the only thing that's going to make or break your application. So there's tons of different things. Um, Ryan, what are some of the other like parts of an application and like we just talked about this last sunday so this is perfect <laughs> yeah so the the rest of the application obviously uh gpa mcat activities letters of recommendations personal statement how you write your activities how you tell your story secondary essays interview it's all part of the process so you can't just focus in on mcat although yes it is a big part of the process and a bad MCAT score closes a lot of doors, unfortunately. Yeah, I also will chime in and say, um, usually the MCAT is the 
not easiest. That's a hard thing. That's a harsh thing to say, but it's like one of the faster ways that you can, uh, like one of the quicker things that you can improve. Like GPA might take a whole semester, might take a whole year, depending on how much you need to bump it up. Um, extracurriculars and activities like that can take like a whole summer, et cetera, et cetera. But if you like buckle down and you really study and prep for that MCAT, like you can get a pretty decent score in a few months. So, um, take that as you will. Take that as you will and go to blueprintmcat.com, sign up for a free account and get a free full-length exam, free half-length diagnostic, free study planner tool, and much more. Um, hey, this guy. <laughs> uh, our, our, I don't know how you say that. Arva. I'll just say Arva. Yes, my my drink is healthy. Uh, I only drink sparkling water, uh, zero-calorie sparkling water. That's the only thing we really keep in our house. So anyway. Um... All right, let's bring up some more questions here. For a low undergrad GPA, what kind of dog you got? Show the dog. You got to show the dog. Uh, yeah, he's he's whining about something. It's mostly that I'm not paying attention to him. Oh, this is Winston. Sorry. Hello, Winston. Hello, Churchill. <laughs> yes, hello. Oh, he doesn't like redheads, apparently. <laughs> Whatever. Um, Kit Kat says for a low undergraduate GPA, but almost seven years of healthcare patient care experiences and three years of research is a post back advantageous um, or an SMP. So here's, here's the interesting thing. A lot of students applying to medical school try to overcome bad stats with great experiences. And that almost never works. And, and when I say bad stats, I mean you don't even have an upward trend to say, hey, look, I've fixed myself, right? Students will, will apply with a 2.9, a 3.0, a 3.1, flat GPA trend line, no upward trends, no improvement anywhere. And they'll say, but, but I've been a nurse for seven years, but, but I've been an EMT for four years. And so that will overcome. And it doesn't. Because the first question that medical schools have to ask themselves that hopefully your your application answers is, are you academically capable of passing medical school? So great activities don't overcome that. When I talk about your story matters, that assumes even if you have a low GPA, that you have done the work on the back end to have a great upward trend. And that's 30, 40, maybe 50 hours of as close to a 4.0 as possible. And so yes, a post back is probably needed depending on the specific situation. So for all of you watching right now, the, the answer when someone says, hey, I have a 3.2, what are my chances? Your first the words out of your mouth or words when you're typing are, I don't know what a 3.2 is. I don't know what that means. Is that a 3.2 flatline? Is that starting off at a 4.0 and then crashing? Is that starting off at a 2.0 and then and then rising? You don't know the story behind those numbers. Yeah, I always think that, um, or I always like to tell my students to think that like when you're applying to medical school, you're literally in the middle of your journey, right? You've done your undergraduate, congratulations. You're gonna go to med school and that's the second half of it. Um, those admissions committees, like they wanna see the trajectory of like where you are right now in the middle. Like if you're in the middle and you're on a downward slope, like that doesn't look good. And they don't have very much confidence that you're going to just all of a sudden turn it around when you go to like the harder version of your undergraduate. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Um, yeah. I think last week, like the whole, the, the takeaway message of the day last Sunday was like hashtag upward trend. So like, that's the big key here is make sure that like when you're applying to med school, you have like that upward trend going for you. Yep. Definitely. Hashtag upward trend. Um, so we got a great video, or a video, a great uh, question here about, can I create an evaluation request after I submit my application? So there are very few things that you can change after you submit your application. Letters of recommendations are one of them. So yes, yes, you can. And if you want more information about the application, guess what I got in my hands? For real, my real one. Uh, it's not just the cover. It's it's not the it's not this other one. Although when I look at them side by side, this this is this is the pretend one. I I think it I did pretty good, right? But yeah, yeah, it's not bad. <laughs> two different books, <laughs> but look look at the look at the difference there. This book is thick. Um, so 
Lots of information about the application process. You can still pre-order it and submit your receipt. Check out my highlight for all of that information. When you submit your receipt, I send you the PDF of this book as well as the PDF of all my books. That's such a good value. There's so much, that's so dense. So many chapters. You think that book is dense. Stack them all on top of each other. Let me tell you what. Are you calling me dense? Or is that, is that is it different? Dense? Is that interesting? No, no, no. Like we call a book dense. That's a good thing. We call someone dense. That's a bad thing. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> I pretty much assume every adjective going my way is just in some way a negative, but that's okay. That's okay. Yeah. All right. Here's a good MCAT question here. Going to be retaking the MCAT in the fall. First try was a 501. How should I go about my second round? Um, that is a great question. And it really kind of depends on how you went about it your first time, right? Because the first time you tried it, whatever you did, didn't really work out. Um, and so it's not saying that like you necessarily did something wrong. It's just like whatever you did wasn't your particular method of studying that you want to go for. If you tried doing it by on your own and like piecing together, like piecemeal, some sort of self prep, maybe that wasn't the best way. Maybe you did do some sort of prep course and like that prep course just didn't do it for you. Or maybe you didn't take it super seriously. So um, it's kind of a tricky question to tell you like exactly what you should do without knowing what you did the first time. I would say really the, the, the big broad answer to that is don't do the same thing twice. Cause I have a lot of students that essentially just do that. They're like, well, if I just grind the same thing harder, if I pound my face against the wall again, just like do it a, a couple times harder, you know, I'm going to read these same chapters over and over and over. And over. <laughs> and just like, you know, like this poor, like pre-med pulp against the wall, essentially by the end of it. Um, don't do that to yourself. Don't beat yourself up. Like it doesn't have to be a miserable experience. You just have to figure out what did and didn't work for you. And then like pivot and go that way. Um, so, does does you, it work? Does it work? If I take, if I take the blueprint MCAT books and just like, Get in there. Come on. <laughs> yeah, actually. Oh, that's, the, that's one of the things that does work. Uh, it's, it's pure osmosis at that point. It just kind of seeps in through your face. Um, <laughs> but no, no, no. I would definitely say even if you did like a, uh, a prep course and like you felt like you didn't maybe get the, the personalized attention, maybe tutoring, right? Like who knows? Like there's tons of different options out there. Literally, there are, there are so many different ways to prep for this exam. So um, yeah, like do some self analysis, do some reflection, be like, you know, be, like, be that stereotypical like person staring at yourself in the mirror, having an existential crisis. And it's all, it's all on the inside. So maybe, maybe not that deep, but you know, do some evaluation and self reflection is my big number one thing. And then, um, try something else. Yeah. And that's the answer to, to everything almost is evaluation, self reflection. What did I do? Did I buy a course? Did I really use it to the best of my ability, et cetera, et cetera. So Great answer. I, I love the you video. You didn't hang out with me. That's the problem. You got to hang out with me. <laughs> have Have you seen the the videos circulating on TikTok and elsewhere? It's a meme of the. Uh, it looks like a, um, a a kid in China who's like taking taking the words off of his book and like scooping them up into the air into him. Have you seen that video? It's, it's I have phenomenal. No. It's phenomenal. Uh, right? It's basically how we all feel. Yes. Um, so here's a good timing question. Uh, Jonathan is asking, is your application reviewed by schools based on when it was submitted to AMCAS or is it based on the day your MCAT scores are received? And and the, the key part here is my scores won't come in for two weeks after applications open. Well, guess what still hasn't happened two weeks after applications are open? Schools haven't gotten your applications yet. So AMCAS opens May 27th. Historically... AMCAS doesn't allow schools to start pulling applications until like the third or fourth week of June. Last year, it was July 10th. They pushed it back because of COVID. This year, I think they said it's June 25th, maybe. Don't, don't quote me on that date. But two weeks after AMCAS opens, your MCAT score comes in. Schools don't even know who you are yet. So that is not a delay. No worries there. Yeah. And I will even uh, add in, like, even if your MCAT score is coming back, like make sure you do fill out and submit that application. There's a little box that says like, I will submit this and like get an MCAT score at a later date. You just check that that way. Um, Cause the MCAT like checks everyone's applications to make sure there's no errors or anything like that. Yep. Um, and the worst thing in the world would be to like wait for your MCAT score and then submit it late. And then they send it back to you and say like, Hey, you didn't fill this part out of it. <laughs> so like, get that whole process done. It takes them a couple of weeks to like scan through everyone's applications just to check to make sure there's errors and then it gets sent out to school. So yeah, yeah go ahead and submit. 
Exactly. It is June 25th. Thanks for fact checking me. We got live fact checkers here. I feel like I'm on CNN. Woo. Uh, wait, so our applications pulled on a first come first serve basis. Alvina. No, Alvin Abraham. <laughs> it's so hard reading usernames, trying to figure out names. Uh, Alvin. So applications are most definitely at almost every school pulled on a first come first serve basis. That is called rolling admissions. It's something not a lot of students understand in this process. That's something that I talk about in my new book, The Pre-Med Playbook Guide to the Medical School Application Process, where you can get it at uh, all of the fine booksellers. Um, it's something a lot of students don't understand, and they screw up this whole process. They'll look at the med school's deadline. What is the deadline for Ohio State University? Because that's where I want to go. Oh, it is, it is October 31st. Awesome. I'm going to turn my application in October 30th. Boom, I'm going to be good, just like college applications, right? That's, I was just going to say, it's just like undergraduate, like 11.59 the day before, I'm yeah. good. Yeah. Not the same. Yeah, and, and, and I, think it's, I think it's this huge scam. I, I hate to use that word, but it's this huge scam, this huge farce that the AAMC and medical schools have where they, they're kind of like, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, here's the deadline, and they don't tell anybody what rolling admissions is. And I actually had my team look at 100 schools a couple of years ago. I gave a talk at an admissions conference in, in Toronto. So I'm an international speaker, right? I'm, I'm, I'm famous like that. Um, but it, it was put on by uh, Altus, the company that does Casper, and it was all admissions committee members, right? Deans of admissions and, and whatever, of nursing schools, medical schools, all, all, the, all the schools, professional schools. And... I gave a talk about transparency. There needs to be more transparency in this process from the application uh, services and from medical schools. And so I had my team do research on 100 medical schools and say, where do you mention rolling admissions anywhere? And, and I forget the exact number, but it was something like 30 plus percent uh, of schools didn't mention anything about rolling admissions. Or sometimes they would say, yeah, we recommend applying early without really defining what rolling admissions is or, or explaining why. And it, it's just ridiculous. Like, tell me the truth. Let students understand. Don't just sit back and go, ha thank you all of the October applicants for wasting your application uh, and and knowing that like we yeah we still have five interview seats left i'm like that's a farce anyway yeah um yeah it's basically like uh all these med schools they're they're picking like people to be on their basketball team right there's a hundred people that are trying out and there's only five seats like the first couple they're going to give away right away it's like oh yeah you you and you and then when they have like one or two seats left all of a sudden it becomes incredibly competitive right yeah. so yeah um, but it's, but it's, it's worse so than harder. that it's worse than that, and, and, and that's a good analogy. I, I, I compare it to a, a, a giant game of musical chairs, right, where, where mm. every round there's one less seat. But in musical chairs, there's always N plus one people, right? Yep. Only one person loses each round. But in the medical school admissions process, after each round, there's one less seat, but there's 1,000 more people playing, and then 2,000 uh, more people playing, and then 10,000 more people playing as more and more and more students apply to medical school, submit their applications. And, and it, my mission in life is to fix that, right? And so, uh, anyway. Um. <laughs> I really should have gone with like musical chairs. I don't know why I was trying to pretend like I watch sports and stuff. Like I, I'm just a giant MCAT nerd, like basketball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, that's really, uh, I, I just... One other like plus one is like the transparency thing. I I've been doing this MCAT thing for like, geez, before I had gray hair, my, my lighting is being very kind to me right now. I have a lot of grays, um, but like, you know, probably eight, nine years or so. And um, I think I just take for granted. And like a lot of us that are in like the, the prep world take for granted, like, Oh yeah, it's rolling admissions, so on and so forth. But like, you're totally right. There's so much that they don't tell you. So yeah, try to get information from anywhere you can, y'all. Like, Ryan's a great source. What do you mean, um, anywhere? Yeah, do your research. Just, just follow me. Just Ryan. Just Ryan. Sometimes me. Like, you know, things like no. that. But yeah. Um, Go yeah, talk to your advisor. Point, Go talk to your school advisor. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. 
Can you explain when we should start our application? Are you able to start it before it opens in May? So you should check out my new book, The pre Playbook Guide to the Medical School Application Process. I'm just a shill today. Um, I need my dollar. I make like a dollar, dollar fifty each book that's sold. It's uh, it's kind of sad. Book, don't don't get into book writing, people. Anyway, uh, <laughs> profit margins. That paper is expensive. Let me tell you. Uh, so guess what? Mapped my new software product. Mapped M A P P D right there, um, which is backwards for you, I think. Um, has a whole application simulator built into it now. So uh, you can go, let, let's say you're applying next year. Well, guess what? You can go in this year, open up an application with the pretense that you're not going to submit it and check it out. What's required? What's in there? What do I need to start gathering or start asking my parents for? Whatever. And as you're doing that, you're kind of making note of all the essays that you have to write. Well, there's a personal statement. There's 15 extracurricular activity descriptions. Three of those 15 can be most meaningfuls, which comes with extra essays. If you have a misdemeanor, you got to write an essay. If you got a felony, you got to write an essay. If you have an institutional action, you got to write an essay. Um, if you want to mark yourself as disadvantaged, you got to write an essay. If you're applying to TMDSAS, there's a personal statement. There's activities. There's a non-traditional essay. There's an optional essay. There's a required essay. There's a lot of essays, right? And, and it's sad that I have all that in my head. But the 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 moral of the story is use Google Docs, use Microsoft Word. You don't have to write in the application. And actually, I recommend that you don't write inside the application because the applications are notorious for losing information. Uh, you'll go and save the information. I was, just talk, <laughs> I was just talking about this last night with my Application Academy crew um, that, that uh, students are having issues saving stuff in AMCAS. They'll they'll write their essay and then they'll save it and then they'll go back and it's not there. I'm like, first, don't write in AMCAS, write in Google Docs, write in Word, whatever. And then I gave a story that 20 years ago, that I'm dating myself now, 20 years ago, I remember sitting in the University of Florida computer lab using AMCAS to apply to medical school. And I was the first class using electronic AMCAS. Before, it was a paper. Oh, you fancy, right? It, it was a paper application. And you know what happened 20 years ago? AMCAS wouldn't save your freaking essays. 20 years, <laughs> they've had time to fix this, and they haven't fixed it in 20 years. What the heck? Coding is, coding is hard. <laughs> <laughs> hire some, oh hire some new developers, people. <laughs> Wow. Um, yeah, but I mean, hey, plus I, at least it's not paper. Well, paper, you wouldn't lose it. You'd actually have that hard copy. So your, your, your dog Press would eat it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially especially this monster. Let me tell you what. <laughs> yeah, I'm miserable with that, babe. Like, all right, I'm done with my application. <laughs> Fluffy, just let go of that. <laughs> uh, let's, let's talk some emotional emotional health here. How do you deal with a hard semester and studying the MCAT? That's a really good question. Um, honestly, and it, it can be so challenging too, because like, y'all, no joke, studying for the MCAT is like, honestly, it's like, it's, it can be a full-time job. Um, if not like at least a part-time, like it's 10, 20 hours a week minimum, et cetera, et cetera. And if you're dealing with a really, really hard semester and you're trying to do the MCAT on top of it, like it can just beat you down. Um, so the big thing is like, Pre-planning is super important. Like if you know that I want to take the MCAT around this time um, and this is when I'm going to be studying for it, like I have a lot of students that will preemptively go, so I'm going to take some like throwaway classes. I'm going to take some like, you know, an online course that's the history of the Beatles, you know, and like that was a real class at ASU. Oh my gosh, it was such a good easy A. Um, so yeah, like if you can, try to plan appropriately, right? If you can't and you are just knee deep in like, you know, you're in your orgos, your biochems, you're taking like a stats class for math majors for some reason because your 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 advisor did you wrong. I'm speaking from personal proper experience here. Um, the math for bio majors was so much easier, and I was in the math for math majors for some reason. Um, but if you're living that life and it's like just like beating you up, um, really the best thing is to get organized, right? So study planners are super important. Um, having some kind of like accountability to keep you there because like if you're just like trying to do it on your own, it's going to be so easy to go like, oh man, I just don't want to today. Or, oh, I should really study for this other thing. 
Um, that being said, I mean, like GPA is super important, right? Like the, you can't push back like your finals for your classes. Um, like you can kind of push back your MCAT date. So worst comes to worst and push comes to shove. If you don't feel like you're ready, like the best time to take your MCAT is when you are ready for it. So if you're taking the practice exam and you are not scoring anywhere near where you want, don't throw away $300 and eight hours of your life on like an MCAT that you're not ready for. You can push that back, right? Um, if you go on AMC, there's like the gold, silver, and bronze is like zones where you can get partial refunds and you don't have to like, you know, just throw all that away and give it to the AMC for free. Um, but that's, that's honestly what I would say. Get organized, get a study planner. Um, hey, Ryan, I'm going to do i I'm going to pull you. Hey, if you go to blueprintprep.com, we have awesome, like free account that you can sign up for and you can generate a, a, a mock study plan. And it's really awesome. We use algorithms and computer and science and who the future. Um, but yeah, study plans, get organized and like, try to try to just determine when's the best time for you. Yeah. As far as like the mental health and like how to deal with it personally, I mean, I'm here. I can talk to you. You know, we can just kind of hang out and we can see like, Hey, how you doing? How you feeling? Et cetera, et cetera. Maybe, maybe avoid the advice I gave earlier about like staring at yourself in the mirror for hours on end, having this like introspective meltdown. That probably wouldn't be good. Yeah. Um, here's an interesting question. When do you recommend postponing an application in terms of extracurriculars? I have a thousand hours of, uh, where'd the question go? I can finish reading it. I lost it. Oh, here. Oh, wait, where'd it go? Oh, oh, no, no, that's not it. Anyway, uh, a thousand hours of wilderness medicine experience basically was the question. Um, and, uh, I, I have, less uh what, what they called front front something experience here it is front country experience right so a thousand hours of wilderness first responder but uh less less experience in kind of the front country i've never heard that so there's back country right we all know what back country is front country the opposite makes sense um yeah, it's interesting so the the, the point of extracurriculars is to prove to yourself at least from a clinical standpoint, is to prove to yourself that you understand that you enjoy being around patients. And from a shadowing perspective, that you understand kind of the role of a physician, the life of a physician, that it's not all glamorous, that it's not just Grey's Anatomy. Um, and and so if you, if you only have wilderness first responder stuff and you're just playing in the woods, right? Uh, <laughs> obviously, I know it's more than that. Um, then there may be some question as to do you understand that you enjoy being around patients? Now, if this is true wilderness first responder stuff where you're responding to people, taking care of people, basically being an EMT just in a specific setting of, of more of a wilderness setting, then I think that's fine, right? It's, it's taking care of patients. Now, hopefully you have some shadowing on top of that to, to add to it, but uh, yeah. Yeah, shadowing is super important. And um, I've seen a couple things about like extracurriculars pop up in the comments. Um, and y'all, like, it, it doesn't have to be uh, the, the boilerplate. Like, you always do need like the standards, right? Like, shadowing always looks good. You always need to have some shadowing. You always need to have clinical experience, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But if you are like, if you have some unique personal like extracurriculars, you can weave that into your application. I saw an incredible application. This, this, uh, this student got accepted to, I think, like, nine different schools, right? Um, sure, they had great MCAT scores and they had like great GPAs. They weren't like perfect. They weren't the best. I've definitely seen better. But the application was like incredible because like they were an artist and on their free time, they would like, uh, like they would make these art murals and these displays and then they would take them to like hospitals and donate them and then like hang out with the kids there. And like they, they weaved like art into this whole application and they even talk about how like the artist's journey is the same of like a doctor's journey. It was beautiful. Like I was weeping at the end of this personal statement. So like you can, if you have really interesting, unique life things that like you like to do, don't feel like you have to neglect those. In fact, if anything, those could be a strength that sets you apart from everyone else too. So lean into what makes you, you, that's what, that's what the med school admissions committees are trying to do. Everyone's just stats and numbers until you're not. So like make yourself, you know, make yourself undeniable. Love it. Yeah, big mistake that students make sometimes is they'll only put medically related activities on the application and they ignore that they were a manager at Walmart, that they they coached soccer, that they did all these other things that really round out who they are. And so you got to you got to make sure you put it all in there. Uh, here's a, a good question that I 
that I, I try to hammer home all, all the time. Is consistency also important with shadowing compared to volunteer clinical experience? How many hours is needed? So I look less at total hours and I look more at consistency. Did you just check a box or are you proving that you enjoy doing it? Ideally, that you, you continue to do it over time. So consistency is very important. Yeah, they can see through when it's like, oh man, I'm applying in you know, in six months, oh, I better do this for, eh, I'll do it for four weeks done. You know, like they can see through that. Yep. Here's a good one for you, Hunter. How do you start studying for the MCAT? It's overwhelming trying to figure a schedule out. Oh my goodness. Yeah, no, it totally is. Um, I tell my students this all the time uh, to the point where I, this might as well be my trademark. Um, the MCAT, it's a mile wide, but it's only an inch deep. So it's basically a little bit of everything from four years of undergraduate science, right? Um, and like, where do you start? Uh, the, <laughs> the, the all encompassing number one place to go. If you go to the AMC's website, they have a document that tells you this is everything that's on the MCAT. That document is also a couple hundred pages long. So, uh, it's kind of like, you know, and thanks so much, but this is, this is, I can't, I can't digest this. Like this is way too bit much. Um, honestly, uh, the place to go is hit up, uh, like an, I'm going to sound like a shell, whatever. I am a blueprint shell. Hit me up. Um, go blueprint prep. We have, uh, and like, honestly, the reason why I'm saying this is because it's free and it is so helpful. Um, we have like a free diagnostic exam. It's a half length. So you can take that and see like, okay, cool. How would I do? We also like part of our free student bundle. Um, it includes that diagnostic, but it also has a free full length. So like, why don't you take that and see like, all right, this, if you have no experience with the MCAT at all, you've never even taken a practice. You don't know what passages are. Maybe don't dive into the eight hour one because that's a big commitment, <laughs> but you can definitely check that out and just see like, all right, this is what the test is like. Um, and then like part of that also like, and all this is free. So like, I'm not trying to like, you know, nickel and dime y'all. Um, but like, there's also a study planner that just like lays out like, okay, it asks you like a little questionnaire in the beginning. When are you taking the exam? How many hours a week do you have to study? What days are you like going to be completely unavailable, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it just generates this study plan that shows you like, okay, on these days, you should study these topics. And it takes all the guesswork out of it for you. So um, I think it's a super awesome experience. I didn't have that when I was studying, unfortunately. And the first like four weeks of my prep was just like a, a grab bag of like, I don't know, like maybe physics today, like maybe chemistry tomorrow. Like I have no idea. I was just going through textbooks, like trying to like crank through chapters. And like, I'll tell y'all, at least for me, and I know a lot of my students too, going cover to cover of like a textbook and just like trying to absorb every chapter is um, for me, it was super inefficient. It, it wasn't the best way to do it. And like really the MCAT, it's all about efficiency in your prep. Like we want to get the most high yield content memorized in the least amount of time. Um, and it's all about being efficient on the actual exam, right? You got to get the most amount of points in the least amount of time. So um, that's, that's my big advice. Like if you have absolutely no idea where to start, like hit us up, we definitely can help you out for free, which is awesome. Um, and then you can make some decisions there, do some research about like what is going to be the best like next steps for your personal prep journey. Um, and that's one thing that I think a lot of students underestimate or they hear and they think it's like a platitude and they roll their eyes, but like every student's prep journey is a little bit different. Right. Um, so you're like, what, what, what's going to work and what's going to like, what your experience is going to be, is going to be totally different from someone else. Um, there are going to be two students that get the exact same score on like the bio biochem section, but it could be for completely different reasons. One of them has a content deficiency. The other one has trouble getting information out of passages, right? So everyone is so different. So um, again, it's a lot of introspective place, a lot of like introspective like analysis, but a good starting place are all these free resources that, um, that Blueprint has to offer for you. So check that out. There's also the MCAT podcast. MCAT podcast. Oh my gosh, how can I forget that? Ryan, what am I going to hang out on that? Uh, when you're cool enough. So never. <laughs> <laughs> All right, trying to look for some more questions here. Should I talk about my undergraduate major in your personal statement? Absolutely not. Does it matter what order we write our activities in? No, they all get sorted later. Uh, here's a good question, and I like answering these types of questions. Is becoming an EMT a good move to gain clinical experience? Yes. If you want to, no. 
if you don't. <laughs> Do you want to be an EMT? Is that something that sounds like it's exciting to you? Or the thought of it makes you want to puke and you're like, I don't want to do that, but I'll just do it because I think it'll look good on my application. Don't force yourself to do something that you don't want to do. Go find other clinical experience to put on your application that you're going to be more excited about. Yeah, that's a big commitment just for like checking a box. Like you need a certification and that's a job and you have to have that job for a while. Like that's a big thing to do. It's not like oh, I'm going to shadow for a summer. So. Yeah. Yeah, being an EMT is like a thing. Yeah. So you mentioned a cool course that you took in college. I, I have my AMCAS application printout right here from 2004 when I had to reapply to medical school. Um, and during the summer, uh, no, this was this was a, a regular term. I took writing about football. It was an English course and I got a B in it. <laughs> <laughs> but it was an awesome, awesome course. Writing about football, we learned all about every sports, uh, every every football team, like where their origin comes from, why they're named the, the, their name, why they moved to towns or cities or whatever. It was a really cool class, and I don't remember why I got to be in it, but uh, I think I was checked out that semester or that that semester because I got I got an A in neuromuscular aspects of exercise. I got a B plus in advanced exercise physiology. I got a B in writing about football. And I got a C in computers and modern society, which cracks me up because I'm the biggest computer nerd in the world. And I think they they were just getting so nuanced with different exercises and homework that you had to do. I just got over it. I'm like, I'm done with this. This is stupid. <laughs> but I'm like a self-taught programmer. I own a freaking software company now. <laughs> you fell for the classic mistake of like oh i know this i don't have to do it like this is gonna be an easy class and then that's the one that like hurts you yeah Lindsay go gators um md vaca says blueprint dollars really talk about some pricing plans and options and and fap students yeah, no. So we have, um, I mean, and I will say like 1700 bucks, uh, it sounds like a lot, but it is, it is like a, a lot. Quarter million. <laughs> it is a lot. It is a lot. Um, med school is a quarter million dollars, right? So that being said, like, if you do the thing that we're aiming to do, which is like get a great score and get a med school, like it is it, this, this whole path, like I'm going to step back and hop on a soapbox for a second. Um, don't be a doctor if you think like, I'm going to do this and I'm going to get a ton of money because you're going to be broke for a very long time before you start to see any kind of dollar bills, y'all. Um, so that's that's just kind of unfortunately the way that it is. Um, so with that being said, like, unless you want to like, really the more valuable thing is time, right? Do you want to take the MCAT multiple times? Do you want to waste like a year, two years reapplying, et cetera, et cetera? Um, if that's the case, then like, yeah, totally. It can be a huge barrier. But if you look at it like it's an investment, I want to do this once, one and done, be over it, and then get into med school and start the rest of this journey. Remember, we said like when you're applying for med school and you're getting in, like that, you're only halfway through this whole thing. You got to go, and really, you're less than half. Like four years undergraduate, four years med school. Then if you're going to do specialty, et cetera, et cetera, like it's even more after that. So yeah. um, we're we're less than halfway through the journey right now. If you're if you're <laughs> listening to us right now, like we still got some time to go. Um, but yeah, as far as like blueprint and like the pricing and all that stuff goes, it, it hurts. It totally does. I was, I was working full time when I was putting myself through um, like college and when I was putting myself through MCAT prep, right? Monday through Friday, nine to five, I was working. Not, again, I was working for a nonprofit, y'all. Like that meant I didn't profit, okay? So I was doing that. Um, and the big thing that really helped me is like there's monthly payment plans. It's like 300, 400 bucks a month, depending on what you're going for. Um, we have a live course now, which is awesome. Uh, because you get to hang out with instructors like me. Yay. We break it down in simple ways. Um, you got <laughs> run, a little bit of extra accountability, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> no, no, I'm awesome. Sort of. Um, but yeah, it's like 415 bucks a month. Uh, and that's, that's, it, it's fantastic. And like, really, um, that's kind of boilerplate standard. Like if you go to all the other different prep companies, we're talking like 2,500 bucks, 2,600 bucks for all of them. Um, so like it's it's super rough that that's kind of just the way that it is. That being said, that's why I always tell all my students and all y'all who aren't even my students, well, you're my students now. You are honorary students of Hunter and right now. Um, I tell everybody about all the free stuff that's out there. So like, go to Blueprint Prep. Go to we have a tab that says free resources and just like devour everything in there. You get your your diagnostic, your free filling, you get your study planner, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you even get like a couple of our like modules to show you like this is what it's like to be in one of our classes. So. Yeah, if if that like that price point is super intimidating, I totally get it. Like I'm I'm still broke. Like I don't know what you're talking about. This dog behind me like destroys everything for me. 
Um, so yeah, like monthly payment plans, et cetera, et cetera. They're definitely going to help you out. Um, and it's like, I mean, there's one of them that's like, if you're doing, I think we have like a 12 month access plan. And if you break it out, like it's like 200 bucks a month. So, um, less than like some, you know, some <laughs> less than honestly, less than all of the, if you put all the streaming services together now, like it's less than that per month. So, uh, yeah, just kind of check it out, figure out what's best for you. And like, maybe that's not what's best for you. I always advocate like figure out what is best for you. So, um, yeah, yeah. That's what I'll say about that. But check out all the free stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah. Free, free. Um, so, so there, there was still a lot of question when we were talking about is being an EMT good, right? And they're like, but, but does it help? And the answer is, I don't like nothing helps your application. Like you're not, you're, you're not the first person that's become an EMT. They're like, oh my God, look, an EMT. We've never had one of those before. We, we want you right. And students think in terms of that, of like, will this help my application? Everything's been done. Nothing is new. Go cure cancer and put that on your application. You'll stand out. But besides that, it's not what you do. It's what you take away from it. It's what you, it's it's the impact that you had. It's how you reflect on those experiences and talk about them and show how you've grown. Or uh, I hate to talk about what you've learned because I, I hate that that sort of um, language in in extracurriculars, but it's a, it's about the reflection. My colleague at MAPS, Dr. Scott Wright, former director of admissions at UT Southwestern, says it's not about the what; it's about the so what. Okay, you're an EMT. So what? What did that mean to you? Right? Or if you're a phlebotomist, so what? What did that mean to you? So don't look at each opportunity that you have and go, "Is this going to help me? Is this going to help me? Is this going to help me?" They'll all help you. If you reflect on your life and you put your effort into it and, and you, you talk about it in a positive way, they'll all help you. Yeah. It's, um, it's essentially make it help you, you know, like depending on what it is, like you can spin it in any way you can make art work for you. Just make it work for you. Um, and, uh, get a lot of people to read your personal statement to see if it makes sense for you. Um, cause if you're, if you're the only one, it's kind of like a little echo chamber. You're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This sounds great. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it doesn't sound great. So yeah. get lots of eyes on it. Yeah. Um, so the artsy med says, can you get 50% off with FAP? Blue, 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 blue print has, uh, some FAP deals. Go, go reach out to them. Yeah, um, we totally do. Um, fee assistance program. So yay, even better. Yep. Uh, when do schools start to review full applications, including secondaries? So when you look at the timeline, I've been, I've been talking about this a bunch. When you look at the timeline, May 27th, you can actually submit AMCAS. And we'll just talk AMCAS because that's the most common application. May 27th, you can submit AMCAS. June 25th is the first day that schools can start pulling applications from AMCAS. All right? they, they reach out to AMCAS and say, give me every ap applicant who applied to my school. Then they'll go, okay, we either screen for secondaries or we don't screen for secondaries. Most often, they don't screen for secondaries. And they say, here, Sally, here's your secondary essay. Send it back to us, right? This is the end of June now. And so most students kind of don't pre-write secondaries, even though I tell you to pre-write secondaries at secondaryapps.com where you can, we have our whole secondary essay database. Uh, most students don't pre-write their secondaries and then they, they start pounding away on secondaries and they turn them around within a week or two. And so you're looking at mid-July until medical schools have primary application and secondary application. Now, do they also have your MCAT score? Do they also have your letters of recommendations? Those are the four things that are needed to review an application. If they have an MCAT score, but you've marked that you're taking it again or that you've already taken it, but the score hasn't been released yet, then they'll wait on that typically. Last year with COVID, things changed. Ignore that. Historically, the standard is they'll sit on your application. They'll wait to review it if you have a pending score. So, Primary application, secondary application, letters of recommendations, and MCAT score. All right, so you're looking at mid-July, assuming all of that is in right there. But guess what is also happening around that time? The medical school class from the prior cycle is just starting. And there's still some movement in the class. And so the application committee, or the admissions committee rather, is still working on on uh doing all this, right, of, of making sure that their class is complete. They don't have too many people. They don't have uh, not enough people. <clears throat> and so 
a lot of times they're like, okay, it's mid-July. I'm going to put my feet up for two weeks. <laughs> and so you'll typically start to see a lot of interview activity around the end of July. Uh, typically a little bit earlier for a Comus because you can submit earlier for a Comus. A Comus applications are available to medical schools about a week or so before AMCAS. And so there's a little bit of activity before. So that's the, the kind of timeline there. Hey, Ryan, um, you mentioned a couple of things about secondaries there. Uh, <laughs> how many students do you think if they apply to a school, how about how many get like that secondary? Is it like hardly any or does basically everyone get a secondary? <laughs> it's Oprah, man. It's Oprah. You get a secondary. You get a secondary. You get a secondary. Yeah, school schools, yeah. the the far majority of schools are not um uh I can't think of the right word. I, I'm not fancy with words. Um they they don't discriminate with secondaries, right? Because secondaries yeah, they're not very discerning. Discer that that is the word. That is the word. Damn. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, yes. <laughs> Google's what does discerning mean? Thesaurus.com. Um, <laughs> so they they they're they're not discerning with their secondaries. That means that they don't care if you have a 2.0 and a 478 on your MCAT. They will send yeah. you a secondary. They assume, hey, you're smart enough. If, if you want to apply to our school with horrendous stats and no activities with typos in your personal statement, we're going to send you a secondary because that's your fault. That's on you, right? Yep. And I, I three quarters agree with that, right? It's on you to do the work. But the one quarter of me that disagrees with it is there's still so much op opaqueness in this process, right? It's not transparent. Uh, see, I got some words there. I know the opposite there. Yeah. Um, and so I, I blame medical schools and, and the, the application services for a lot of students who apply not knowing any better. With that said, there are some perverted benefits for medical schools to send secondaries to everyone. Number one, they send secondaries to everyone if half of those people complete secondaries that may be still two or three times more people than if you screened secondaries right and when students submit a secondary application well that's a completed application and the school can say hey look we had even more applications this year but we still only had 100 seats to medical school therefore our acceptance rate dropped and where does acceptance rate matter Oh, it matters in the U.S. News and World Reports algorithm, which is this perverted, like, hey, if, if we don't screen for secondaries, we may look better to U.S. News and World Reports. Well, guess what also comes with sending secondaries, right? Guess what also comes with sending secondaries? Money! Money, 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 money. Yeah. So money! Med <laughs> medical schools love money. A uh, lot of admissions committees run, right? They pay the salaries of the people who work in the admissions committees. They run their interview days and, and buying food for interview applicants and interviewers and everything else. They, they use that money, the secondary essay money to pay for their admissions office. And I have less of a problem with that, right? Um, it's, it's the, the other kind of stuff that, that I have an issue with. So, um, if, uh, kind of talking about money, if you have FAP, most schools will waive your secondary essay fee. If you should have qualified for FAP, but you have long lost parents somewhere who, who make a lot of money and you don't qualify FAP for, because of that, reach out to the schools and say, hey, look, I, I don't qualify for FAP. I really want to apply to your school because of XYZ. I don't have any more money left. <laughs> Can you waive your secondary essay fee, right? Put it in your own words. Uh, and a lot of medical schools will, will uh, We'll be friendly with that. Yeah, I have so many. Um, yeah, that's exactly where I was going with it. Um, and that's why I asked because I have so many students that get so excited and stoked. They're like, oh, I got secondary. Like, mm, I'm in. And it's like, hold up. Like, yeah. everybody hold gets up. secondary. Wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> Let me put some cash up in it. Like, <laughs> you know, like everybody. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, it costs every time you apply for your, uh, your AMCAS, like every school you select. It costs to take the MCAT and then it costs to do secondary follow-up. So yep. 
it's just uh, it's it's just costs everywhere. So yeah, um, if you go, money when you can. If you go to appexpenses.com, appexpenses.com, I have a whole medical school application cost estimator on there. I probably need to update it for uh, this year's cost because it, it went up like a dollar <laughs> or something per school that you add. It's ridiculous. Am- Amcasicomus, it's like boiling a frog. They they just turn up the heat a little bit every year. And then over 10 years, you're like, how did it go from $100 to apply to 10000 to apply? Like, it's the cost of doing business, people. Sorry. Oh, we got to pay our developers to not fix bugs that have been around for 20 years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's all full circle. Full really, circle. that one bug is so expensive. <laughs> it's been sunk millions of dollars into that, Ryan. You have no idea. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Anyway, so I, I recommend if, if you're very early on in this process, uh, an application that I've been using lately is called Digit.co. Digit.co. And it's a savings app where you plug it into your bank account and it has some fancy machine learning, AI, whatever words they're using these days. And it goes, hey, like Sally doesn't have a lot of money in her bank account. So let's just check it out for a little bit. Okay, we know that every other week she gets paid and we know, okay, we see the rent coming out. We see the other bills coming out. Oh, we think we can take $10 this week. And next week, oh, we think we can take $5. And we think, oh, that this next week we can take $100. And Sally's not going to miss it. Um, and it's a cool little savings app that that automates savings. And so if you're three years out from applying, two years out from applying, start estimating. Use my appexpenses.com calculator to go, you know what? I need to save $3,000, $4,000, $5,000. And so you go into digit.co and you, you set up a, a savings goal for applications of $4,000 and you got three years to do it and, and just it automates it. Put, puts it on autopilot. So check that out. Digit.co. Dot, yeah. Yeah, that works. Co. That works for me too. If like, if I don't see it and it just like automatically goes away, it's, I don't miss it. You know, like it yeah. never, it was never there. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, surprise. Look at all this savings. Wow. <laughs> Fantastic. Winston, yeah. you're getting a new toy today. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, folks, I'm going to end there. Uh, we're at the top of the hour nearly. <laughs> Hunter, tell people where they can go for some Blueprint free goodies. You can go to blueprintprep.com slash MCAT for the free Do blueprintmcat.com now. Now that it finally works, the redirect, blueprintmcat.com. Blueprintmcat.com. That one's going to be the one for you. Um, And then also, like, for the free goodies specifically, there's a tab right at the top that says free resources. You can go there. I can say the whole URL, but there's slashes and dashes and all that other (laughs) stuff. And, like, nobody's going to write it down. I'm hanging on my every word anyway. So go to the free resources tab. You can hang out there. Um, And, yeah, like, just take advantage of the free things that we're giving you because they're awesome. Um, And other than that, like, I've been – my name is Hunter Enright. You guys are awesome. Hang out with me in one of my classes. Like, they're a good time. Let me tell you what. Like, the MCAT can be fun. And I promise I don't just have Stockholm Syndrome because I've taken the MCAT, like, (laughs) 20-plus times. It actually genuinely can be kind of interesting and cool. So Will Stockholm Syndrome be on the MCAT? Yeah, it totally will. That's like so section. So, you know, you're learning about it and you're experiencing it at the same time. Let me tell you what, it's that yeah. cross like multiple lanes of exposure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so for a direct link to all those free goodies, use MCATFreePrep.com. Again, that's MCATFreePrep.com for all those free goodies at Blueprint. Hunter, thanks for joining me. I, I have a blast chatting with you. It's all good stuff. Everyone, thanks Always. for hanging out with us. Have a wonderful Friday, a wonderful weekend. And uh, go check out eShadowing, eShadowing.com. See you. eShadowing is rad. <laughs> All right, there you have it. Another great Instagram live that I did with Hunter. My plan, uh, I, I initially was going to do Clubhouse on Friday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern. Clubhouse died. <laughs> it just, it, I was doing it and maybe not as consistently as I should have, but I never really got more than four or five people in a room. And I can do the same thing on Instagram and get 40, 50, 60, 100 people. And so I feel my time is better spent on Instagram answering questions where I can bring you on live as well, similar to, to Clubhouse, where I can bring you on live to ask questions. So 
check out Instagram. My my Instagram handle is Medical School HQ. And stay tuned for kind of Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern is the plan. Now, no guarantee I'll be there, but that is the plan. If you are available, I'd love to see you there. Hope you have a great week. We'll see you next time on The Pre-Med Years. This is MedEd Media.